maybe welcome to Here Come the Sequels. We are picking up from where we left off with our 250th episode review of Shrek. Oh, yeah. Um, featuring Rorschadow. Uh, <laughs> we are, which which is a name I came up with in between, in, in the intermission between these two recordings. And now I feel like I need to speak it into the podcast canon. Um, yeah. So that's out there. Go listen to that episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but also maybe don't. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what would you like to explain a bit about what the premise of this second half of the episode is going to be? Uh, sure. So for a while, we've been batting around wacky ideas to do for the 250th episode. I know this isn't technically the 250th. It is by number, but we've had extras. We we do bonus content sometimes. It's fun. Go out there and find it on the internet. Um, so we were thinking through different ideas and along with <laughs> starting Trek, because why not? Um, we also thought it would be fun to look back at some of the highlights in terms of movies that we've done. So naturally that comes down to what were the worst movies that we've seen for this podcast and what were the best? Um, so we're going to break those down. Um, we've got some ground rules here just in terms of we've done a lot of movies. So we had to try and <laughs> we had to try and organize this mess somehow. Um, so here they are. And then we can actually get into the list. Um, in terms of the best movies, we kind of delineated that by, movies that we've given an A plus or above to. I say above because Britton and Tyler like their weird grades where it's like, mm. I give an infinity. It's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's what we're doing for best, um, which I think I was just able to squeeze out 10 movies that I've given an A plus to. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I've got slim pickings on my end. Um, for worst, um, we decided based on what we've given an F or below two. So that would include F minuses or once again, any, any other weird grades that we are throwing at a movie, uh, to show just how awful it is. Um, we are not doing F plus because that is a sign that we got some enjoyment out of it. Sure. Um, a couple of other little notes. Um, inevitably Lord of the Rings will pop up on our lists. Britain and I have agreed that if it pops up on either of our lists, Spoilers, it will. Um, <laughs> we are just going to count Lord of the Rings as one spot. It's just one, you know, nine to 12 hour movie, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, so we're looking at it that way. Tyler, I think you're just going to be having one Lord of the Rings movie on yours. Yeah, uh, I'm being pickier about it. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it when I get there. Yeah, but I wanted to go ahead and say that because I know in terms of list making, sometimes that pops up of like, oh, something like that. Do you count? you give, you know, all three movies each an individual spot or you did, you combine them together. So for the sake of getting more movies in here that we like, we are counting that as one. Um, we're only doing films. So obviously we've done Game of Thrones and, you know, we've given A pluses to some seasons of Game of Thrones. Um, we are not including that because that's a full season of television versus a movie. Um, they don't have to be franchise films. So even though that's the basis of the podcast, and for the most part, we do stick to we're reviewing franchises. Um, if we've done one-offs, just random weird things that sometimes we get into. Thank you, Britain. Um, we we are not leaving those out. Those are fair game. Um, so the order that we're going to do this in, we're going to start negative and then work our way up to positive. So we're going to start with the worst, then we'll go to the best. Um, we'll, we'll start with our... Um, for each of those, we'll do our 
mention, so either dishonorable or honorable, depending on which one we're on, then each of us will do kind of a round robin of our 10 through 7 picks, then 6 to 4, and then the top 3 for worst and then best. So, And I'm Britain. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I just want to note, I obviously was not here for a bunch of episodes, and the less said about that, the better. <laughs> no, I wasn't here, and but I, I, I did kind of go back through the catalog to see if there were some movies that I've watched and have strong feelings about, but just wasn't on the podcast to adjudicate. So we'll get in. I may get to fill in some gaps here. Um, this this was an interesting one. My pitch for here come the sequels, Knights, where we take steamy calls and give <laughs> advice, uh, was soundly rejected and probably wisely. Um, Here come the sequels after hours. After hours, prime time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Tyler was just yelling for the last half hour in between our Shrek review and this going, Middle Earth, Shadow of Roar. That's the podcast. We're doing it. Pitch it, pitch it, pitch it. And then we turn it. That's your joke. Don't give away your IP. That's true. That was actually your joke. Are you you not confident enough in the joke that you had to give it to me? Is that what's happening? You should. Hey. Look, I wasn't you going to naturally confident. find a way to bring it back up without saying that Tyler will not let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think you can just have pride. Say, hey, audience, you know, I just wanted to say something I'm proud of today. <laughs> it's a funny, funny bit. Funny little uh, let's let's gag. you know what? Let's all say something we're proud of that we've done recently. I bought and built a new bed frame. For, for myself it got here in the this is a true story it got here in the mail and i was very proud of that bed frame and that's something that i did that i want people to know about because i'm proud of me tyler what have you done recently that you're proud of model model behavior for alex that you can be proud of what you've done not in an arrogant way just feeling good about yourself i'm really proud of my shadow of origin <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let's get started. All right. All right. So, like I said, we're going to start with the worst and then we'll 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 slowly dig our way out of this this horrible horrible nightmare that we've dug ourselves into. <laughs> um I'll start with a dishonorable mention. Um I feel kind of weird not having this on the official list because it's one of the few F minuses I have given. Um it's going to be X-Men the Last Stand. Uh, I think that's just a testament to all the crap that we've watched since then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but I still, I, I I still hold hold a grudge against this movie. Um, it does help quite a bit that uh, Days of Future Past came in and kind of wiped it from the continuity. Um, but obviously, in terms of a sequel to the first two X Men movies, I think it's kind of insulting. All the characters are treated like morons. They kill a bunch of people off. Uh, in very dumb ways and ways that, that don't really feel like they're built up properly or, and they don't get paid off properly. Cyclops obviously gets killed and you know, you're expecting him to show up in the third act because of the way it's edited. Um, the movie's also too way too short. It's like an hour 45 for, you know, supposedly being like the epic climactic finale to this trilogy. Um, they're trying to mix in, Two very, very different plots with the the mutant cure and Dark Phoenix, which they will screw up again uh, in a decade plus time. Uh, but obviously, Brett Ratner was not the man for the job, but then also they shouldn't have rushed it. So, yeah. Right. X-Men 3, I, still, I, I personally will still hold it as the worst X-Men movie. It's probably not really, 
but it's the one I dislike the least or <laughs> dislike the most. Yeah. So sure. Um, my dishonorable mention. This is was hard because there are a bunch of that I just didn't remember very clearly. But I'm, I'm I went with Joker, not because there are probably movies that mm. I. I, it, Joker felt like the right one for me because there are things about that movie that I think are really well done. And I think I talked about this in the show. It's, it, I think it's shot really well. The music is wonderful. The performances are solid. It's it's not a movie that I have a lot of problems with from a craft standpoint. I mean, to a degree. But also, as I talked about in that movie, I, I feel like it's it's a little shallow in the way that it handles a subject. It's very important to me. And so because I have more of just like a personal like, eh, this doesn't work for me. For that reason, I'm going to give it my dishonorable mention less from like a filmmaking analytical thing and from just a like, this rubbed me the wrong way, but in a way that's very important to me, as opposed to just like, ah, the joke didn't work. Um, But like, no, I think you could have done a little bit better, but that movie also has good stuff in it. So, you know, it's not a, this is not a a full on like drag of that. So that's mine. Um, My dishonorable mention is, is sort of symbolic. Um, because I believe, uh, the, the thing that kind of spurred this conversation, um, or the, this idea in Alex's brain, uh, was considering whether my mention, um, Godzilla 98 was the, you know, worst, uh, movie or one of the worst movies that we have reviewed. Um, and after, uh, careful consideration i've decided that for me there are exactly 10 movies that i would say uh, are, are worse so fair enough yeah that was pretty bad so <laughs> yeah uh so moving on to uh my uh, i guess 10 through 7 um it's interesting because there's a lot of third movies that I, we're kind of fighting to get into this part of the list um, and there's a bunch of stuff that I got left out and I will go over those at the end because I think they're interesting and you guys will probably be mad at me, uh, for some of my actual choices as opposed I to the will. ones I left out. Hmm. Um, so yeah, th- there's just a bunch of like third movies in a series that are just kind of fighting in here. Cause I guess people just gave up at that point. Um, my number 10 is going to be Jurassic Park three. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, I know you guys both got a, a fair amount of enjoyment I, out of it. Yeah. You know, I would say I came I'll, I'll spoil that it's not on my list. I would say I came close to pulling it out of the F plus pool just because it is quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> um and I, I think it's 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 two things. Number one is it's just it's very, very boring. I, I like I don't really remember a whole lot from that movie aside from T Leone's performance and Alan. Like mm-hmm. those are the two things I remember. And I, I I found it irritating. I found it annoying. At least Lost World while misguided as it was, it was trying to to do something and still trying to be ambitious like the first film. But it's just they made a very, very stupid B movie and I just didn't care. So uh, that's my number 10. Uh, number nine is Blade Trinity. <laughs> um, <laughs> the movie that made me, in retrospect, downgrade both of the first two <laughs> movies. Um it's just a really, really dumb movie, and it thinks it's cool, and it's just very, very insulting. And the credits end with word. Thank you, David Goyer. <laughs> oh man, I do remember that. <laughs> oh, hang on, I got, I got, I got to fix. I change my list real quick. <laughs> <laughs> your, your best list. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, 
<laughs> your number one spot in particular. <laughs> um, my number eight is not actually the third film in the franchise. Um, it's the fifth. It's You Only Live Twice. Mm. And spoilers, this will not be the only Bond film on my list. And I'm the diehard Bond fan of the group. Um, this movie's much like the others. It's just very, very stupid. And Bond pretends to be Chinese. And it's very, very dumb. And Donald Pleasance could be cool if they gave him something to do and didn't just give him an, a scar uh, makeup job on his eye. That's 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 all Blofeld is. Five movies of build up, and and that's that's what all we got. And you know, you, you can you can you can scream at me in the comments that the volcano lair is the coolest thing you've ever seen. It's dumb. It's all dumb. Gonna be some very. I'm glad Sean Connery. Shrek. I'm glad Sean Connery quit. <laughs> I I can tell he was tired and angry and upset at the end, and I'm like, I I understand, man. I feel your pain. So, that's my number eight, <laughs> and then uh, my number seven is going to be the the theatrical cut of Justice League. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that I I like the Snyder cut way more than I thought I would. Um, and it's just this is something I never want to go back to. Um. It's just it's it's a last minute hatchet job to try and save the DCEU and and just none of it works and they should have realized when they weren't going to be able to CGI or uh they weren't going to uh allow Henry Cavill to shave his mustache they should have just said maybe we maybe we should rethink things a bit <laughs> and the reshoots are obvious it the CGI is terrible the fact that they changed the color grading from you know what Snyder you know, particularly aims his movies to be, um, to a more lighter tone along with just inserting inappropriate humor. Uh, it's, it's not good. It's not good. And the only thing I can say is that it's better than Batman versus Superman, but even that (laughs) I don't know. So yeah, that's, that's my number seven. Britain? <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> these are probably fairly quick because I'm going to say very similar things about all of them. My number 10 is Matrix Revolutions. Um, okay. I don't remember it very well, uh, mm. meaning at all. Um, the the one <laughs> thing you remember from it is Trinity, definitely. Yeah, which, okay. <laughs> oh, gee, that's really good, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> Back to the honorable oh, mention. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that one, yeah, I just don't remember it very well. Number nine is Christmas with the Cranks. Which I don't have, even though it's a movie I've seen twice, (laughs) I don't remember clearly enough. What was the context of the first one? I wanted to watch a Christmas movie. (laughs) Literally, I was just like, whoops. I think it was streaming somewhere. Did you make it all the way through? Oh, yeah, yeah, I watched the whole thing. We should start giving out badges like the Boy Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) There's a particular badge for making it all the way through Christmas with the Cranks. Not once, but twice. (laughs) You only crank twice. What? And then <laughs> I didn't like that joke at all. But there was, yeah, that one just remember kind of rubbing me in the wrong way that it like, it doesn't really, it feels kind of mean spirited for a Christmas movie. Um, and there's just a lot of jokes that don't, I don't understand why there's a Botox scene and for no, uh, yeah, whatever. My number eight is Die Another Day. I don't remember that much about it. Um, aside from the theme song, which I actually enjoy. It, it, in the sense that it's like, this is, very silly um and my number seven is godzilla 98 which is not 
it's funny how like I'm so not angry at that movie. I feel like Godzilla is kind of my bond in that I love him so much, but I frequently I have to acknowledge there are a lot of not great things in Godzilla movies. Like sure. I don't know if there's a Godzilla movie that I would go, but that is a genuinely great film. That well maybe pieces, but it's. I kind of go, no, I love this thing, but I embrace how it doesn't work. And so Godzilla 98 does kind of spit in the face of a lot of those movies. <laughs> but it's also, it's kind of like The Last Airbender to Avatar The Last Airbender, where it's so bad it can't affect the good stuff. Yep. Like, it's so far away from it. Not that any of it has to affect anything. You can't ruin a childhood in retrospect. But I, uh, yeah, it just... Godzilla 98 sure tries. It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it just, it, so much of it just did not work and for me, but it's so much of it just doesn't work as a movie or as a blockbuster. It's so misguided, so badly wants to be Jurassic Park, but doesn't seem to know how to do that apart from trying to have a Lost Raptors, and that doesn't really work either. So those are mine. Cool. Um, first of all, I just want to say I'm fascinated because I don't believe we have any overlap in these first four, uh, but I think there may be... Yeah. Things may converge as we go farther down here. Um, my 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 first set of four here are movies that I think are bad, but are probably also getting here because they make me mad in some way. Yeah, fair. Um, in some combination, there, there's maybe there's some wiggle room there. But um, I'm starting off number ten, Spider-Man three. Mm. Um, it is a movie that I almost tried to talk myself out of being like, no, I I just have a weird thing about that movie, and then I thought about it some more. I thought about the way it handles every character in the film as uh, they're, they're just all bad. They're all, they're all like they're, they, some of them weren't great in the other two films, but in that one, pretty much every character just becomes completely unlikable and awful. And they, you know, completely somehow they do venom like way worse than the venom movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is also not great that's the worst crime of all <laughs> like somehow they mess it up more than they did in that one um yeah it, it's i don't know i i have brought it up many times i'm sure on this podcast how much i hate that film uh just because like there are a lot of things that that should be near and dear to my heart or are and i feel like it it trashes them and it's also just not very good um I could go on about it. I'll, I'll stop. Um, my number nine is uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because I think it does, uh, you know, completely terrible job of <laughs> showing Anakin's fall in general. Um, in particular, it made me really mad. I remember when we were going through the, uh, the franchise for this podcast because I... I realize just how cartoonish and over the top and not <laughs> effective it is at displaying him going from somebody who, uh, you know, is a, a flawed but ambitious Jedi to a person who will kill children because we have to show that he's bad now. No. Um, <clears throat> I realize, well, one second, I'll put a, put a pin in that thought. Um, yeah, it, I think it, it is... I think it gets too much praise. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think people give it too much of a pass because there are some neat things in there. The big Obi-Wan fight sure is, has some moments, but like everyone in that movie acts like they're a robot and not not just the actors, but the actual 
the the way they are written in the script right. just does not work for, on a on a human relationship level. It does not make sense. Um, I think it's quite bad. Uh, I was going to say I realize that it is uh, set up that Anakin has murdered families and innocents before in the next mo- stop on my list. <laughs> Star Wars episode two attack of the clones. There we go. Um, which I did. That's my Tyler. <laughs> I did debate putting underneath. I, I kind of played around with that. I was trying to figure out if I do, which one I think really is worse. I don't remember. If, did I give all three of them F minuses? Um, that sounds right, but I will check. Continue. Yeah. Double check that for me. Um, Tacticals is just very bad. I actually don't hate it as much in in terms of I'm using hate a lot. I realize we're talking about movies here, but I'm I'll I'll be exaggerative for the the purposes of having a, a podcast with views. <laughs> Phantom Menace, um, you only gave an F. Okay, so. that yeah, wow, and that's right. Uh, I will say friend. the next step on this the next step on this list is not Phantom Menace. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> Attack the Clones is just very bad. Again, characters do things that don't really make sense. Uh, lots of very terrible dialogue i think actually the uh the meme of uh anakin and padme talking in the field (laughs) that recently surged kind of brought that into my mind a bit is like oh yeah there's all that stuff in there (laughs) um so maybe that's to blame for getting it on this list but that's where it is it's bad um and then uh a movie that i I almost want to say maybe the movie that makes me maddest on this list even out of the ones that i will get to ahead of here um it is uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Nice. <laughs> um, it's it's a bad movie. It's not enjoyable to watch. Uh, it is also a movie that w- gave J.K. Rowling and the other people involved in the franchise every opportunity to show that Dumbledore is gay. You know, the thing that uh, she received a lot of controversy about for saying after the books were written and not actually seeing that really in the books at all and instead they they deflect from that there is several other things the film does on a similar regard where uh it it really really frustrated me and i think uh i I would direct you to go listen to that episode if uh you're curious because there's just a lot of insanity in that movie that i think is very in very poor taste um and i'll just kind of leave it at that i it's yeah uh I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we'll start working on the uh, six through four of our worst. Um, back to James Bond with me for number six, which is never say never again. Hey. No, let's just say never. Let's 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 say never. <laughs> um. Yeah. What can be said about the movie? It's it's cynical. It it seems cheap. Connery at least seems like he wants to be there, but he's still creepy. Yeah. Um, the Bond villain is terrible. Everything about it is bad. And I do think it is indeed. It's not part of the official series, but I do think it is the worst James Bond movie. With an asterisk, I have not seen the Casino Royale spoof or the 50s uh, black and white movie. So is that the, that's the one where he throws a jar of urine at somebody, right? Yes. Yes. What is he, Shrek's donkey? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel really bad for Irving Kirshner because I don't really know what happened with this one. I, d- I don't know if it yeah. was just nobody really knew what they were doing and they were just like, oh, crap, we got to shoot something. So um, the best scene of the movie is when they're having the holographic video game <laughs> battle 
and it's just bizarre. Yeah, that one's pretty wild. Uh, my number. What are we on? It's five. Five. Four. There we go. Oh, sorry. Uh, number five is oh, okay. the Twilight Saga Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I. I remember how angry I was when I watched this movie. It just, it was so, so terrible. And it felt like such filler. And, you know, as, as much as, as we like to make fun of Twilight and kind of the making of those movies, we did find some bright spots in them. But I, I think Eclipse is indeed like the worst of the worst, where it didn't even have like the entertainingly bad moments that the last movie had. Um, where like that final battle is just bizarre, but this one is just, it feels lazy and it feels like it just expects all, all of the fans to show up and just pay because it's the next one. Um, and it's, I, I just remember joking because the end of new moon is, uh, Edward proposing to Bella. And I remember hoping to God that the end of this one was going to be Jacob proposing to Bella. <laughs> and it wasn't. And that was the <laughs> most infuriating thing of all. So Sure. Because you are Team Jacob. Because I am Team... I was Team Jacob until I found out he was a creep. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> There's um, context, but not enough. <laughs> there, certainly not enough. I would definitely say there is a severe lack of context. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, my number four is going to be Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. That's very um, high, <laughs> spicy. Yeah. yeah, I I think this is the worst Star Wars movie on a pure yeah. story level and and kind of the setup of the premise of the movie. I absolutely hate it. Um, you know, I I, I can bash the prequels all day long for dialogue and George Lucas's directing. At least. I admire the fact that those were his movies and he made them the way he wanted to. Whether or not anyone else wanted it that way, <laughs> he didn't care, and I admire that. And there's a lot of interesting, at least thematic elements in there. This, it's it's all the most lazy, cynical, corporate boardroom. We gotta try and, and get butts back in seats because we're afraid that people didn't like Last Jedi. I was so so angry with this movie and it's one of those movies where i saw it in the theater and i was having to hold back laughter because i did not want to ruin the experience for anyone around me but when i saw star destroyers blowing up planets i was like all right we're star wars is dead we're, we're done just just stop <laughs> i know people like the mandalorian it's fine just just stop with star wars put it on ice for 20 years like i don't need any more um i i can I'm surprised just surprised you said uh Star Destroyers blowing up planets was the breaking point, and not the dead speak. Yeah, really. Look, Emperor I, Palpatine is back. We learned about it in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, we did learn about that in Fortnite, didn't we? Oh God. Yeah, I think I need to move this higher now that you say that. <laughs> um, I, I I do think this may be the most cynical movie we've reviewed. Um, just yeah, in terms of the mindset of everyone going in to make this movie, and Chris Terrio. Quit writing genre movies. Just go back to to historical dramas or whatnot. <laughs> Just do that. That's that's fine. Or uh, lead other campaigns to get movie the four hour versions of movies released and oh. show that you can write a four hour movie. I guess <laughs> with the proper supervision, maybe. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, I every time I think about Rise of Skywalker, I, I start to get a little frustrated. 
Um, but yeah, that's yeah. And and I I, I will say like I, I'm not one of those. I, I think I've cooled a little bit on, in terms of like being one of those Star Wars fans that's like, no, it's only the original trilogy. That's that's all there is. Like I do like a lot of the stuff that Disney has put out, and I, I for the most mm-hmm. part I do like Last Jedi and. You know, Tyler and I have the controversial opinion that Solo is the best movie that they put out. <laughs> um, but as I've said before, I think it's on a thematic level, at least Last Jedi can kind of be the final Star Wars movie. So I've got that. Britain. <laughs> Hang on. I need to change number seven on my best of. <laughs> um, anyway. No. Uh, yeah. More on that later in this episode um, oh. <laughs> i will say that my number six is blade trinity i'll be honest yeah. lads there's really it's not until the last five that i really knew what i was talking about because <laughs> so many of the movies we've watched that i really haven't liked just kind of blew out of my brain yeah, sure um and blade three is one of them i just remember it being such a mess and mm-hmm. you know it, Maybe maybe the biggest problem I had with it is that it wasn't even, like, a fun mess. There wasn't even something that I could really laugh at. I just felt cacophonous and strange and and kind of uh, berserk in a way that wasn't enjoyable, despite Word being the last part of the movie, which I do <laughs> like. Um, do you? I mean, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the way that I enjoy watching The Room. Uh, Look, if Blade 2 ended with Word, then we'd have then, something, okay? <laughs> Guillermo del Toro decided, like, actually, I do want that in my film. My number five. Guillermo Gel- del Toro could do that. David Goyer cannot. <laughs> I love del Toro. Uh, my number five is Never Say Never Again. It is... I... I well documented was not a big bond was not big on a lot of the bond movies but this is the only well i guess apparently die another day as well man i do not remember this stuff but never actually had a dream last night that we were watching the timothy dalton ones and i was like really into them and i was like guys i think like these are actually a lot better i don't know why people keep hating on them like there's something really special but the movie i was not remembering the movies accurately they were like in a logan's run like vr kind of situation i don't know anyway <laughs> um but but never said never again bothers me as a movie it feels like bro-y fan fiction that they wrote when they felt james bond was getting too sensitive you know what i mean it just felt so misguided and still like slapped together and 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 just not great from a craft uh perspective yeah my number four maybe this is surprising that it's not in my top three but my number four is batman vs superman dawn of justice which i famously gave a q because it's the dumbest letter <laughs> some of this is, i have not watched the movie since we reviewed it so it's been three four years i just remember being so bored by it i don't have as strong a feeling about the batman killing people as other people do i also don't like it but i don't feel that as passionately but it's the martha thing is silly superman dies and it's totally unearned the one woman score is cool and she's cool but like why is that two and a half hours? Why is it so dull? Why don't we like any of these people? Why is this so? I you you can have. So you're telling me you don't want it to be three hours? No, you don't think that. I don't know. <laughs> you that, don't think that, that would, would be necessi- the ultimate version of this. Film. Yeah, discovering that a chair has lead in it doesn't necessarily <laughs> repair the entire 
uh, tone of the movie, which I don't mind darker superhero sure. stuff, but I do mind cynical takes on hopeful characters. And this movie is that. And we will discuss that again later in the segment. <laughs> um, yeah, BVS, not, uh, not for me. Although, and I think I said this at the time, I really like the line where Batman says, I'm older now than my father ever was. That alone is a more interesting character arc than anything else in the DCEU that Batman does. I think that is such an interesting place to meet that character where he is confronting his life and his legacy in relationship to his father's. And, of course, that is not something that happens. And it's something that Mask of the Phantasm did more effectively before he was Batman. <laughs> like, yep. it's, it's, anyway, yeah. Tyler? Yeah, um, my number six... Uh, which which just had to get a spot on this list. It is the movie that forced me in literally episode two to create the F minus grade. Oh boy! <laughs> Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Um, My man, it's a, very, it's a very bad movie. Uh, it's a movie in which uh, there there's just lots of like attempts at raunchy humor that are that don't work, and I don't know. There. It, it's such a long, bloated, mind-numbing movie. And I think I've <laughs> cooled a lot on Michael Bay as, you know, someone who I I fully dislike. Like, I get that he has that style and that and that it is hard to make a movie like that sure. um, and, and make a movie be so spectacularly uh, that movie <laughs> um, is the only way I can really describe it. But it is, it is just so mind-numbing and impossible to follow and... Uh, somehow too too complicated and incredibly shallow uh it's it's just bad it's 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 just it's just so much i think some of his other transformers films um definitely we we found we enjoyed more and i think he did some things later on that i i wish he had committed to more early on um yeah i'll i'll leave it at that i i think it's just it's just a, a bloated cgi mess uh in every sense of the word um my next two five and four almost four a and four b uh <laughs> these are going to be and i i see you laughing alex i'm curious if you actually know what i'm going for here um, i i have an i i have an inkling as to what okay. it is but i'm not i'm not a hundred percent sure these two are suicide squad and justice league 2017 you surprised me that is not okay. what i thought cool. <laughs> um these are two movies that so i'll say revenge of the fallen when i first watched in theaters i was you know when, however i don't even remember when that movie came out i was i was much younger I, 2009 I, sure um i i think i saw it in imax so i was just like yeah sure big robots that was fun um so that was like not a, a strange experience for me at the time i didn't really like register how much i did not would end up not liking that film um Suicide Squad and the Whedon Cut of Justice League are two of the most shocking films I think I've ever seen <laughs> in a theater. Um, the, the I don't know, there's there so many places I could start because they both have very similar problems and that's why I'm, I'm mentioning them both at the same time. Uh, you can tell both of them were completely butchered before they ever got in front of like real audiences. Uh, you can tell... Uh, I think they would be the only contenders for most cynical film with Rise of Skywalker of of what we've talked about. Sure. Because they're just 
completely controlled by the studio to create something that would try to be appealing. I don't know that um, I think there's a uh, cut of Suicide Squad that's particularly better, um, but I do know that the one we have is it, it's just a complete muddled mess. None of the characters really shine or are strong or, or you know, make you want to see more of them. Um, there's there's constant through lines that come in and out and seem to get dropped. Um, we, we've we memed it a million times about some of the lines that are just ridiculously terrible. Um, I could I could talk about that for a while. <clears throat> Justice League, on the other hand, I think in particular, the effects get really, really bad um in that one and you can tell that they're trying to rush to finish this hack job of a movie that as we've found we actually enjoyed a good amount at a f- at its four hour original length or you know potential proposed length um but it cuts it down to two hours and cuts down like almost everything that we ended up enjoying in the Snyder cut yeah um again the characters are completely just skewered and not enjoyable or not not characters that are endearing in any sense of the word um the a couple of of lines shine through there's a couple of scenes that work okay or sequences that work okay but uh it's it's again shocking uh that they ended up releasing that and not just saying you know what we're we're gonna can this for now because it's clearly very bad and probably just going to make our brand uh less respected in the eyes of audiences everywhere um yeah <laughs> that leads beautifully into my number three oh, wow. which is batman versus superman <laughs> dawn of justice um everything that has been said about this movie is absolutely true <laughs> um i don't care if it's two and a half hours or three hours it's still an incomprehensible nightmare of a movie um Britain, to your point, it makes cynical versions out of very, at least for Superman, a very hopeful character. Um, the idea shouldn't be that you make the character cynical. You can make the world around him cynical, and he inspires the world through his heroism and his optimism. Um, Batman killing people, you know, we've been over that. It's not just that it's it, it's something that is against what the character stands for. It doesn't make sense in the movie. Yeah. People do not acknowledge that Batman is m- murdering people in the movie. And that's that's the problem. You can say, oh, this is a movie where Batman murders people if it's a part of the plot. But if it's not a part of the plot and it's just mindless action scenes that you're not supposed to think about because you're just stuffing popcorn in your face. And you know I am. I, I certainly was. Um... <laughs> Oh, there's and of some course, now. Oh. And, <laughs> and of course, cord. it's 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 just that that weird thing where it's it's trying to set up Batman and Superman fighting each other while also having the Justice League set up, and it's just trying to yeah. do fifty million things at once. There's a bullet plot to give Amy uh-huh. Adams something to do, which is it's I, I would definitely argue it's underneath her talents. It's literally the only thing that is improved in by the ultimate cut is that. It, the plot itself makes sense as to why it's even a question in the film. Um, but even but it then, still not really. does not go anywhere. Well, I'm saying real quick in the original cut, uh, I forget exactly how it happens. I think in the original cut, they just flamethrower everybody. No, in the original, no, 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 it's the other in the original cut, they just shoot all the people in Africa and, and then and Lex's goons leave. Whereas in the extended cut, 
they burn them with a flamethrower to make them look like Superman used his heat vision on them. Yes. Which right, doesn't right. eliminate the bullets. They would still <laughs> dig those out of the corpses. But. And also you had civilians there that would say, all of these guys just shot these men. Sure. But it is better than uh, <laughs> having a bunch of guys get shot and then being like, did Superman do this? <laughs> there were also satellites at the beginning of the scene watching the whole location. They established that in the scene. It doesn't make sense. They set up. <laughs> this is this is Snyder's biggest problem. Like uh, when, when he's he's really just kind of like taking sole control of storytelling. He sets up things in scenes that then do not pay off or often contradict stuff that is set up. It makes no sense. And the Martha scene is maybe the worst scene I've ever seen in film. <laughs> maybe. I can't 100% confirm that, but I can I can offer some contenders. <laughs> um I definitely laughed the hardest at it. <laughs> um I get it. I get what it's supposed to be. It's stupid. You shouldn't set it up on that. Sorry. Um yeah, everyone knows I hate that movie. Moving on. Uh my number 2 is Alien versus Predator Requiem. Ah. Um, speaking of worst scene i've ever seen in a film yeah no i haven't um, i haven't seen this film don't uh, can you good. tell me the entire plot and <laughs> uh, everything no, leading up to it not even slightly is this, I, is this, I guess this I mean, is the paul w.s anderson <laughs> yes okay no it's it's oh, the no, no, sequel sorry. to his movie so who made it you're right i think it's it, it's some like it, it's a set of brothers that is it the brothers Strauss, the Coen brothers? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> let me let me check this real quick because I think they were like special effects guys that basically uh, got the movie. The yeah, it's, it's they call themselves the brothers Strauss. I hope their names are Klaus and. It's Otto. Colin and Greg. <laughs> there you go. Klaus Strauss Klaus und Otto. Um, but this movie, I, I mean, it it almost earns the spot just for the hospital pregnancy ward sequence. And I'm just going to leave it at that. That is maybe the most disgusting in poor taste scene I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I get it. It's alien. It's predator. It's supposed to be extreme violence and whatnot. They pushed it too far. Um, and it's just disgusting. And, and I, I absolutely hate it. On top of the rest of this, the movie is like pitch black and the lighting is terrible and you can't tell what's going on half the time. Um, I, I should just watch this movie and be like, a predator's fighting some aliens and people are shooting guns. This is just a fun old time. And it's like 90 minutes, but it's just, it's just the worst. All of the characters are paper thin, cardboard cutouts, and I hated them all and I wanted them to die. And it is, it, I personally think it is the, the lowest point that either the Alien or Predator franchises have ever reached. And they have had some stinkers. So, um, and I, I once again, I, I've said this many, many times, going back up to my, my last worst movie, um, give Zack Snyder Alien vs. Predator. He's made for it. He's bred for that. Mm -hmm. Colonial Marines in space fighting aliens and predators. That is Snyder. Do it. Yeah. Um, I am actually, I'm very genuinely cur curious what your number one is then. How are <laughs> you, you should have figured it out by, by your opening premise because it's Godzilla 98. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. I was okay. not expecting that at all. I do think with 
as time goes on, this will probably change, but I just, I could not get through that movie. It took me three or four sittings to get sure. through it. I absolutely hated every second of it. Um, I yeah, found, I mean, I won't fight you too much because it is real bad. <laughs> I, just, I, I found I none of it that. funny, none of it charming. Um, Matthew Broderick is trying, but it's like everything's just wrong. Everything's yeah. wrong. And just the utter stupidity of having a plot point of Godzilla continuing to evade the military by hiding <laughs> somewhere in New York. The movie, it's... Yeah. It, it is maybe the dumbest movie we've watched. <laughs> and there's that great, there's that great scene where Matthew Broderick's on TV and he's trying to explain how they have to destroy Madison Square Garden because they're all going to die. But the music yeah. is playing like they all just reunited and are feeling hopeful at the end. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I was, didn't see that coming. Yeah, I, I just, I, I like Independence Day. Okay. I thought you were going to say independent but... film. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I support arts and the cin- and independent cinema. <laughs> I, I I I support independent cinema, so we don't get as many Godzilla ninety eights. <laughs> um, Roland Emmerich should should I I, I wish he would just Famed try something indie different. director Roland Emmerich. <laughs> I I wish he would just do something different and not just do these really dumb, big, over the top blockbusters. Um. And, and, you know, he, I mean, he has done some good work. Like, I, Independence Day, I think, is a very stupid movie, but it is far more entertaining than this. Yeah. Mostly because of Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. But, um, you know, I, I think this is just the absolute worst of the worst. And I think this could also go up there in terms of the most cynical movies we've done, just in terms of the actual treatment of Godzilla and respect for the character or lack thereof. Severe lack thereof. So that that is my number one right now. Like I said... A lot of the lists could change, but that's that's sure. yeah. that is where I'm sitting right now, uh, in 2021. Tyler, is your son old enough yet for you to love the Patriot? <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Okay. Not quite. Okay. Cool. 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 Because I just you know I, I it's good that Alex is getting in his Imric slander now before you start taking it personally and. Those uh-huh. costumes are really accurate and stuff like that. Britain, I feel like uh-huh. you're you're secretly trying to push us towards a particular film for our Thanksgiving special. We've already decided that. <laughs> However, I do double feature. I don't hate this. <laughs> we we just slowly stack up Roland Emmerich's entire filmography. We're just all watching it. <laughs> and then magically We just missed Fourth of July. You can't oh, say that no. now. <laughs> We started this great tradition of doing Thanksgiving one way. We'll just like hard left into Emmerich town. Um, I mean, Emmerich movies are horror films in their own right. We'll all, we'll all be sure. watching Patriot and then slowly all of the books on Tyler's shelf will morph into books about submarines <laughs> and like naval tactics in World War One. Be like, what? What's happening? I like golf. <laughs> I... uh Here's my bowling trophy, guys. <laughs> Phil Mickelson is my dude. <laughs> that was a good pull. That was a good Thank pull. you. Continue. So my number three, uh, I really, I, I, I'm, I'm having a tough time figuring out how I want to order one and two. I think I know, I think I know how I'm going to do it. Whatever. Feel number it. three. You know, turn off your targeting computer. I know that number three is a movie that, that. I don't believe is going to show up on on Tyler's list, and but it is uh, Man of Steel, 
Okay. This is a movie that I think y'all, we reviewed it recently enough on the show that I had it pretty clear in my head. This movie really bothered me mm-hmm. from just a, obviously everything we've said about Superman and how the those movies treat him bothers me. And I've, I've, I've said my piece on it. I also felt all the Christ imagery was really irresponsible and shallow and just kind of, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I was offended so much as I was like, why, why are we, <laughs> what are you saying with it? But also, I feel like this could be offensive. It's just such a bizarre but, approach. But, but Britton, I don't think you understood. He was 33 years old. What? But the... I don't know enough about them. <laughs> but when he sacrificed himself was a year and a half later in Batman versus Superman, when he was, in fact, 34, maybe 35. So, and, logic broken. And there were three of them. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. That's what I'm... That's all I'm saying. <laughs> And then there were three of them and Lois Lane, and Lois Lane, who was the Solomon and <laughs> the son of the lamb and David. I <laughs> Clark Kent, super of supers, the, the quiet storm. I <laughs> no Man of Steel was a movie that it bothered me on all those but then even apart from all of that I found it so immediately boring and so just like I really could not get connected to that movie at any point um, and yeah I found it really boring I'm gonna go with my emotions and I'm gonna say Suicide Squad is my number two Suicide Squad is a movie that I have seen also twice because I saw it when it opened now I, I will also give Suicide Squad the mercy of not making it the worst because Suicide Squad is in many ways the reason I'm on this show. Because sure. as I believe I've alluded to on the podcast before, I believe as we've ultimately said, Alex and I saw that movie together and stood in the parking lot and complained <laughs> for like two hours. And, and this was at like one in the morning. Yeah. And we stood out there for like a good like hour. It was least. a while. And we were already buddies, but that like that did a lot for cementing us as friends. Well, we did also have the perfect setup of some of our fellow co-workers at this uh, advanced screening, we'll say, complimenting the movie sure, and sure, talking sure. about like, oh, I thought that was really accurate to the comics. That was a really like, good representation, yeah. And I was just sitting there just like in shock. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I am grateful to it in that sense because then it led to all <laughs> all of this. And I got to watch Never Say Never Again and X-Men Apocalypse. And, you know, it's really just been a treat. Um, I'm kidding. I love Speaking you of which, your number one is X-Men Apocalypse. Right. No, it's not. I frequently forget that we watched it. Um, <laughs> no, JK. That means but, but, you know, uh, Suicide Squad is, I mean, Tyler, you, you really just hit the nail on the head. Um, it is such a mess. It's so clustered. And frequently with big movies, they go wrong because they're made by committee and because you have so many desks passing it or not passing it. And so many people trying to please so many faceless demographics. It's you just kind of get a, a, a sort of a gray pate that, that is sort of mm-hmm. or puree that is placed in front of, of America. But so, so which is and the world, and the world. don't be, don't be, Yes, America list. That's true. I don't know. So, I don't know so how to call it. yeah, U.S. centric. <laughs> but it's so. Baffling. Don't be a patriot ce- celebrating <laughs> your Independence Day resurgence. <laughs> but it, it is such a Eurovision uh, entry entrant Suicide Squad. Um, uh. But it's so 
<laughs> baffling to me that this movie is so like the the premise alone is so weak that like we get a bunch of people who aren't supposed to be heroes to say we're gonna trick them into knowing they're saving me. What? <laughs> like that's yeah. it's that is so bizarre. Obviously, all the stuff about the Joker. It's it's even really great performers like Will Smith and Margot Robbie are so kneecapped in this for me. I'm really glad that at least we got Birds of Prey, which is another movie that the three of us stood outside afterwards and and talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know I like it more than, than than Alex does, but like it is, I do feel objectively a better movie than Suicide Squad. Yes, and most certainly, yeah. Suicide Squad is just a baffling explosion of 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 just bad continuity. And why is any of this happening? Why does any of it matter? How how just how? So I'm I'm and I'm not super duper frustrated with it. And ultimately, I'm grateful for it because it led me to this podcast, which I love, and you know, two very close friends whom I love. So in that sense, it's number two. So number one is Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, it just it, it you're a true American, sir. Thank you. <laughs> it's a movie that I again. I'm using the word we we say hate. We're talking about movies. We get it. But within this vacuum, I, I, my my pr- predominant uh, vacuum of space, vacuum of space, I where no one can hear the dead speak. Apparently, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except not. My predominant feeling about Star Wars these days tends to be: I think people just need to calm down a little bit. I think people just need to kind of ease up. It's okay. The stakes aren't that high. We're all fine. However, uh, Rise of Skywalker made me feel, I think, the way a lot of people felt about Last Jedi, where I was like, I, I'm not going to define Star Wars definitively because my experience of it is not unilateral. And I know a lot of people have this because they saw it as a child. They are an expert on it. I, I don't feel that way about Star Wars, but I really don't think that this movie does anything for the Star Wars mythos. I don't think that it serves it in any way. I don't think it complements it in any way. Even some of these ancillary movies like Rogue One or Solo or Mandalorian, however you feel about this stuff, I don't feel like any of it, like, it, it's just kind of an extra thing that if you want, great, you have it. And if you don't, well, whatever. But Rise of Skywalker is such a a, a misguided attempt to please people as opposed to make something that functions it literally from the opening of the dead speak i was like oh this isn't gonna work for me (laughs) yes this is not oh my god and then the movie starts and it feels like it's starting in the middle the editing is so bizarre like the whole movie just never really feels like it's in a movie yeah the whole thing just feels palpatine came back somehow what does that mean i'm ray ray skywalker we've got a lot of fun out of that and again, you have these wonderful performers. But you got Oscar Isaac, and you've got Boyega and Ridley, and how how they work so hard to foist love interests so that people will apparently stop shipping two characters, which is not how that's going to work out for you. It was so clearly a movie made by a very scared committee, and it ended up being. I feel like Last Jedi. However, you feel about its take on Star Wars, I think it's well made, and I like Last Jedi. I think that. Rise of Skywalker doesn't really get Star Wars, or at least certainly doesn't feel about Star Wars the way I do, and it also isn't that well made. It just feels like uh, just a big, a big mess that doesn't do the things that Last Jedi 
like just Last Jedi set as much as it could be the last movie. Last Jedi also sets up so many things on a T and then gives you the biggest bat in the world and says, "This is here you go. You got it. Here we go. Let's see. You dropped it." <laughs> And now you're just eating beans. What are you doing? I don't, I did not, um, did not respond to it. So again, this might change. I'm sure we'll see something in the future that I don't like. And I, and none of these movies do I walk around hating or, you know, taking up my emotional energy or anything, but, but Rise of Skywalker is the one that in admittedly petty ways bothers me the most. So, yeah. Also, one sure. thing just to tag on to there, uh, the treatment of Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. All that was, I, I don't care if her family signed off on it. That is, I I don't think that was well handled at all. Yeah. I, I do care, but I also felt like it was very tasteless. Um, and, and they were in a really hard position. They were in a, re- I, I don't know what the right way would have been. I'm not going to Monday morning movie maker about it, but like, sure. I, I don't think that was the way to do it. And then to complete and to be like, well, Rose, a lot of her story was with Carrie Fisher. So I guess she's not in the movie anymore. Sorry guys. <laughs> was, sure. was, uh, was cheap. Come on. Kelly Marie trans great. What you got Tyler? Bring us home. Yeah, um, I feel like first I should address the Batman versus Superman, uh, of it all because I will spoil it is not in my top three. Oh. Um, is actually not make my list. Uh, and I think that's it, it has been benefited hugely by the Snyder cut, because I think for me, a that's taken off some of the the edge and the uh, sure. like the bitterness towards it is that like, OK, this somehow this ended up resulting in a thing that I did enjoy. Um, but beyond that, uh, I think I think of it similarly, Alex, to what you were saying about George Lucas with the prequels. I'm like, that is that is a very Batman versus Superman uh, I guess especially the ultimate cut or whatever is a very unabashedly Snyder <laughs> movie. Sure. And so I feel like I can get into the, the headspace enough to understand what he was trying to do there. And like, it sure is a vision that he had. There are some things that I'm okay with in that movie. It's still not very good, but it didn't, it didn't rate high enough for me. Yeah. Uh, however, there are two franchises I have not addressed yet, which uh, longtime fans will probably feel like uh, is surprising because uh, they are two of the franchises I am not a fan of um, in terms of things we have talked about. Um, one of those is James Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's roll it out. So number three, <laughs> we do have You Only Live Twice. Yes. Um, it is a long, boring, uh, just complete slog of a movie in which... I, I think Sean Connery... I mean, I know Sean Connery uh, puts on makeup to pretend to be an Asian man. And then also, I believe, doesn't he marry an Asian woman or something? Yes. There's a whole thing. I don't know. It was the strangest... One of the strangest experiences I've had watching a film for this uh, podcast. It, it just kept going. I did not understand what the goal was. Um, I believe it put friend of the podcast, Joseph, to sleep. <laughs> um yeah, it, just a complete mess. Do not understand uh, why they made movies that way back then and put them in theaters. <laughs> um, uh, following that up, uh, Never Say Never Again, um, in which Sean Connery is a uh, creepy old man who is still trying to act like he's the the James Bond he was in Dr. No. Um, he is... Uh, 
as more predatory than he's ever been before. <laughs> um, the movie's not good. It it feels like uh, some sort of like fantasy fulfillment for the writers <laughs> to be like, oh yeah, this this is the real hero. We're bringing him back, and he's you know look look at how good James Bond is, and it it's just awful. Um, and I'm I'm just yeah, uh, it was a terrible idea, and they shouldn't have done it. Um, not even Carsnake could fa- could fa- save it. Not even Carsnake could save it. Um, and number one, the other franchise, which I have not mentioned yet, Alien versus Predator Requiem. <laughs> um, it is, I feel like of any movie we've reviewed, I don't think any of them to me have felt so much like this was like a, a movie. I, I It's not even, I don't even know what to call it because it doesn't feel like a movie that had a budget fitting a Hollywood franchise. Uh, I, I think is the best way I can put it. The, the acting is quite bad and it has, from what I remember, basically no actors that really were in other things or were known for other things. Um, maybe, I, maybe I'm missing somebody or, or I, think, I think John Ortiz was in that. Who's yeah. like a character actor. Okay. Okay. Sure. He's the, um, um he He's in... either the sheriff or like the the main police officer. Gotcha. Well, still there. It, it was just and none of the characters. Like, I the movie left me with only impressions of general distaste and sadness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's when I think of the characters. That's when I think of the direction. That's when I think of the the scene we talked about earlier. Um, it 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 did not feel like a movie that was competently made by any sort of Hollywood studio. Um, like I think I, I, the comparison I want to go for here is that it feels like a movie that is very similar to what, if any of any of our listeners here are fans of red letter media, I know we bring them up sometimes they do a lot of things where they review these random movies that get sent into them on VHS or whatever from, you know, the eighties and seventies. And there are these terrible movies that were made by people on like ego trips or whatever. And, and just, you know, for for no budget and basically just strung them together and they don't look like you know anything like a real film <laughs> that you would see at, at least nowadays um that was the vibe i got for that and that movie was made in 2007 yeah right 2007 yeah um just i yeah i you can't see anything that's happening in the film um anything that you can glean is just gross uh it's it's a, just like a complete trash film. Uh, yeah, was not a fan. Um, and I have more distaste for that than I think of the other ones on this list in terms of just like the the feeling it gave me after I had finished. Um, speaking of uh, wanting to move on to, to something that will help us feel more fulfilled and whole. Uh do we want to go ahead and jump to honorable mentions for actual movies we like? Sure. Real quick. Uh, what, di- what overlapped all, what did, what movies did all three of us have on our worst? Never said ever again, I believe. Yes. Yep. Oh, you Never only, said, did you say you, you only live twice Burton? I haven't seen it. No. Oh, you didn't watch it. Yeah, okay. There. Well, this was something I was curious about. Cause you also did not have the 2017 justice league. Right. Cut, which yeah. You Cause I haven't seen it. And you either. did not have alien versus Predator requiem, which you haven't seen. Right. So I'm very curious. I suspect they probably would have gotten there if something tells me they would have done. 
so we're the only I think Never Say Never Again and maybe nine, Godzilla ninety eight or that was an honor, dishonorable mention for you, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Okay, so kind of those. Rise of Skywalker wasn't on yours, right, Tyler? Right. Yeah. Which okay. I don't know. The fans. Yeah, I think speech. that was it. <laughs> Tyler, unless you want to slide Blade Trinity into yours with there that. we go. Yeah. Edits, edits and omissions segment. I think. Did, uh, <laughs> didn't I get Blade Trinity in F plus? Oh, you probably, probably did. Because I stand by that if I did. <laughs> and I believe that's why it's not even under consideration. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I did want to also reiterate some of the movies that I left off so people can send us angry notes. Um, I left off Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, sure. Spider-Man 3. All of us left off Batman and Robin because that's actually a fun ride, even though it mm. is bad. That was my argument, um, yeah. Suicide Squad, I did leave off. I feel kind of bad about it, but <laughs> I hate all the other ones more. Um, sure. Matrix Revolutions, it's harmless, but it's, it's yeah. dumb. Uh, both uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Um, Terminator 3, I was kind of shocked mm. that n- neither of y'all yeah. picked it. Um, and then Hobbit the Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> and I mostly left that off because that gave us a wonderful Cheryl Crow joke for the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, moving on to a more positive note. Um terms of honorable mentions this is where i kind of had a tough time because both tyler and Britton have enough a pluses to go around they've got more than 10 so they had plenty to choose yeah. from for me literally with the previous episode that we did i reached 10 a pluses so in 250 episodes i have only given 10 a pluses um so in terms of honorable mentions i pulled something that i gave an a2 um, basically I was stuck between the original Star Wars and Dark Knight, and I think ultimately I'm going to go with Dark Knight, um, just because the complete impact that had on me as like a 13 year old, um, like that showed me what superhero movies could be and actually what making something dark is while also keeping it smart and fresh. Um, and, and also just, and optim and ultimately mm-hmm. optimist. Yeah. And then all the acting is just spectacular in it. Um, and just to reiterate, the reason I didn't give it an A plus was just there were a couple of minor plot things that I thought were um, not not uh, they didn't connect the dots enough on them. Um, but those were very like nitpicky things. Uh, but yeah, Dark Knight's my honorable honorable mention. Yeah, I have four. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh we we can go for four let me yeah you know well, let just me look back because shrek's gonna be one of them all the other stuff i like so i'll just uh have five i really santa buddies santa buddies shrek. um x-men 2 no uh new mutants, <laughs> new mutants. <laughs> um santa claus 2 <laughs> no my honorable mentions i mean these are all pretty obvious these are some movies i really like but didn't quite crack that top 10 uh godzilla 2014 logan pitch perfect the first hunger games and t2 terminator 2 judgment day i really went back and forth with t2 and my number 10 choice which we'll obviously reveal soon you can flip-flop those pretty much i ultimately with the other one because i've seen it more recently than i have t2 and just on the off chance that i would rewatch it and have an issue why would I? T2 is great. It's such a great 90s action movie. It's a great Schwarzenegger movie. It's the best Terminator movie, I think. Although it and the first one are different enough that you can kind of assess them differently. Godzilla 2014, 
love it. I, it just it looks so beautiful, and it loves Godzilla as much as I do. Hunger Games is so strict and harsh and beautiful, and I love that music. Pitch Perfect, come on, have you met me? Um, I think it handles... It, it, it's a movie that I don't think should be as thoughtful as it is. And Logan is Logan. Like, it's, it's the X-Men movie that I like, and it's just really, uh, as I recall, being well, a great movie. Well, that and Dark Phoenix. That and Dark Phoenix. Well, Dark Phoenix I love. Uh, <laughs> Dark Phoenix I... Look, somebody had to say it, okay? It wasn't going to be me. Dark Phoenix I stan, if the kids are still saying it. <laughs> and Logan I like. Um, yeah, those are mine. Logan likey. Tyler? <laughs> um... Which is also, I believe, a tagline for the Marketers Cut podcast, which you can find anywhere on the internet. Uh, which co-stars Logan. <laughs> <laughs> to make it clear. Um, my honorable mention is Midsommar. Uh, struggled with what exactly to do with this because I really like that it is an actual film, which is hard to compare to a lot of these sure. franchise films we've done. Um, a lot of the ones that I put on my list are mostly like ones that bring me a ton of joy <laughs> more, yeah. more than anything that's that's where i'm kind of taking this as opposed to bring me anger as on on the worst list um so this one was one that i just i really appreciate uh i think it's quite good um couldn't really find a good way to slot it really this and and the next few could all bounce around quite a bit but in particular i, I felt like this would be a good one to start off because uh i think it's a very 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 solid film obviously i gave it an a plus uh and I just, I, I couldn't quite squeeze it into with the rest of my list of what I was doing there. So. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right, Alex, begin. My number 10 is Muppet Christmas Carol. There it is. Um, It's it's going to be kind of weird because like all of these, I'm going to be like, they're perfect. Wouldn't <laughs> change a thing about them. <laughs> um, Michael Caine's brilliant in it. And I think it's the best Muppet film in terms of just being very, very emotionally resonant. And I kind of wish they did more adaptations like this because I think they're neat. Um, you know, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of a uh, Muppet treasure Island, but I, I still think there's a lot of interesting things they could do with, with that kind of format. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm just, I don't feel like a Muppet Christmas Carol should be that good. And yeah. it's, it's <laughs> just beautiful. It's just beautiful. So that's my number 10. Um, my number nine is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, <laughs> basically, last episode, uh, 249 was just us heaping mountains and mountains of praise on that movie. Um, I think it's a near-perfect Spider-Man movie. Um, I really like a lot of what it has to say thematically about anyone uh, kind of being Spider-Man and, and exploring that through a whole bunch of different avenues. Um, kind of the freshness of the animation and all the different versions of Spider-Man. Like it just, it all works so beautifully together and the voice acting is absolutely delightful and I can't wait for more. Yep. Uh, my number eight is going to be Toy Story 2. Um, my, my favorite Toy Story. Um, I don't know, just maybe it's just everything with Alice Toy Barn because I find all that amusing. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think it, it it's a consummate sequel. It takes everything that the first film starts to explore and just expands on it. Um, I really, really like Woody's character arc, and I love all the new cast members. Um, and I don't know. I, I really just 
I like it a lot. And Zerg does a I am your father joke. And that may mm-hmm. be the one weak spot of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, which does lead to a pretty good game of catch between him and the other Buzz, admittedly. Yes. Correct. In chess, the pawns go first. Or as we say, the bad jokes go first. <laughs> so we can get better ones. Um, so yeah, that's my number eight. Uh, my number seven going in a completely completely different direction alien versus predator oh (laughs) (laughs) sorry you said hereditary britain (laughs) britain why are you trying to bring a comedy into this (laughs) i'm talking horror sir yeah hereditary um i know we kind of disagree on the hereditary versus versus midsommar discussion Mm -hmm. in terms of what is his you know his best movie um i think it's hereditary uh I, I, everything about that movie just freaks me out. And I just, the, the last like 20, 25 minutes are just so visceral to me. And there are some in, images that I'm never going to get out of my head uh, from that movie. And yeah, it's, uh, I think that, that is probably the best horror film I have ever seen. I think. Maybe that'll change. Um, the Thing is definitely up there, yeah, but obviously we sure. have not done that for the podcast. Um, but yeah, Hereditary is definitely we should. one of my favorites. Thingsgiving. That'll be... Oh. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah, all right. Would we I'd do like a double that. feature of that in the prequel? <laughs> no. It does have Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there not. Are, there are technically good. three Sorry. of them because there's also the way original one. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Just saying. Uh, yeah, my number 10 is uh, Thor Ragnarok. So, Alex, if you oh. want to take a nap, and Joseph, if you want to prick up your ears, um, <laughs> it's I think it's my favorite MCU. Uh, it's just, it's so big and silly and goofy and fun and cool, and the song is great. And Chris Hemsworth is great, and Hopkins is great, and I like that they finally made Loki a cowardly, you know, like sneaky guy and not a failed romantic like tragedy boy um a sexy sad <laughs> sexy sad boy um and uh it's great and korg and fenrir or fenris wolf and Surtur and the Kate blanchett's in it come on it's a great time i love it um i was going to make a joke when i was discussing my worst films and being like yeah it's just the third film, I was just fighting all over the place. There were just so many of them. So my number 10 is Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't do that, so now I'm bringing it up. Anyways, Britton, continue. Sure. Uh, my number nine is Midsommar. Uh, and my number eight is Hereditary, so I'll just kind of pair them together. They yeah. are literally night and day. And I think both movies are such expert use, ha- have such expert uses of the camera and of light or shadow they both have brilliant lead performances. I put Hereditary first. Tony Collette, that's one of my, probably one of my favorite performances of the last few years. She's incredible in it. Um, and then Midsommar, I mean, Florence Pugh is so marvelous. Uh, and and Dad is great in Hereditary. They're both so terrifying in such different ways. And in a way, Midsommar particularly has moments that delight me like when they're driving down the road to uh halsingland and the camera just rotates upside down and i remember mm-hmm. 
I mentioned this on the podcast when we watched it recently. I, I remember saying, people are going to get so mad. <laughs> but I thought it was so good. Uh, both of those movies hit me in such a visceral scare. Those are like two of my gateway horror movies. I cannot wait to see what Ari Aster does next. I love it. My number seven is Jurassic Park. Uh, I think it's one of the best blockbuster movies. That is not a, a, a rare opinion, uh, but it is one I share. It's just like every every note, man, it just does it. The score is so good. Those effects hold up so well. It's so much fun. It is fun tension. You know, the, the deaths count, but we don't have to go through anything really tragic. It just it does such a good job at sustaining the fun throughout it. It looks fantastic. Um, great characters and performances, sure, but I, I just think it is such a quintessential, like, summer blockbuster big fun movie um later on i will have movies that i are sort of the this is the one i'm choosing but i'm really saying the franchise they're there to represent a franchise Mm -hmm. i love very much but jurassic park is the jurassic park movie that i love all the others i i like or maybe dislike to varying degrees but jurassic park i love and those are my 10 through 7 Um, my number 10 is Toy Story. Uh, I had no transition to make there. (laughs) Um, it's also from the 90s, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think Toy Story is an excellent film. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we, obviously we, we kind of praised just how tight it is and how, strong the characters are for being a movie about talking toys um movie with a ton of heart uh obviously this is also a bit of a nostalgia pick for me um yeah sure. i i don't know how much more there is to say about it it's it's a great movie yeah, it just is everything it's, it's, yeah it's nailed it. um number nine uh similarly is into the spider-verse uh spider-man into the spider-verse uh like Alex said, we just spent a while talking about this. Um, I am definitively saying I think I think it surpasses Toy Story, mm. which uh, is, I guess, a lot. But um, I think in terms of the evolution of the medium, you know, it it really is kind of the next the next step there. Um, it's so creative. It's beautiful. It is smart. Has a ton of. Um, Incredible characters, incredible design, incredible art. I I don't know what more to say about it, uh, except that go listen to our podcast from last week. Um, <laughs> my number eight is Aliens. Uh, so going in a different direction, I think Aliens is a near perfect, like almost standalone action film. Um, just in terms of the way that it gets you to care about the characters uh i i brought up what episode was this that we were talking about um picking off people one by one um i think it was uh hunger games mocking j part two yes 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 you're right um and this was something that was in my head as i was thinking that because this is i feel like one of the first movies to really do that to have the you know you've got the the colonial marines and they're slowly you know dying sometime in these really heroic ways sometimes they're just getting kind of picked off um, obviously, there's the uh, iconic and much aped uh, camera sequence where you've got all the cameras on 
all the different Marines and then they're slowly blinking out one by one. Um, there's tons of great, you know, just action packed. Heck yes. Moments. Uh, obviously the power loader sequence, everything to do with the alien queen. Um, I think it's a movie that makes Ripley really into the character people think of when they think of Ripley, if they have a strong opinion about Ripley or the alien franchise, um, because, she gets more to kind of bounce off of people and, and more to do in this one. Not that uh, I have a feud with Ridley Scott, I think, <laughs> but uh, alien is a great movie too. It's just not, it doesn't hit aliens for me. Um, I think aliens is this, this great blend of, of tense action, horror, uh, awesomeness, and I adore it. Um, my number seven is Lord of the Rings, return of the King. So I should talk about this. I did not combine all of them because I felt like that would not be fair to the rest of the movies on the franchise because it is uh, three straight movies that altogether tell, you know, just one of the most compelling um, epic stories in cinema. Um, but I'm putting this here and the, the my reasoning for ranking it here is that this is, I think, where Return of the King on its own lands and if I was, if I had the other two in my list, they would be somewhere below this. They would definitely make the list and probably knock some poor movies out. Um, and that was something I kept struggling with was that I didn't want to just like block off the bottom half of my list for Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> By Toy Story, here pretty comes much, I'm two like, towers. I, I genuinely spent a while just being like, do I, do I see enough of a difference in the Lord of the Rings movies to put anything between them. What do I do? Yeah. Like, I just could not. So return of the King, it is sort of my placeholder. It is not my, how I feel about the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. It is how I feel about specifically Lord of the Rings, but I'm just saying that is my favorite of the three and that's where it lands. So the other, the other two get to ride along, uh, as, as seven B and C, I guess. <laughs> um, and I, I don't even know if I need to say anything about anything about this. Uh, I think, if you're listening to this, you probably already have some opinion about return of the King. And I would bet it's positive. Maybe it's not, but like uh, incredible conclusion to a incredible trilogy of just a lot of great action and fantasy uh, craziness and uh, performances and characters and moments. Yeah. I don't know. It's amazing. Uh, Tyler, just going back real quick to your feud with Ridley Scott, I was surprised that Prometheus and or Alien Covenant yeah. were not on your worst of list. Not quite there, but I did think about it. <laughs> they didn't make me quite angry enough compared to some of the other ones on there. So. One day, once we've done all the Roland Emmerich movies, we'll, we'll, we'll do both Blade Runner movies and we can make fun of the, the original Blade Runner and we can talk about how wonderful 2049 is. Sure. It'll be good. The original's fine. Uh, my number, what are we on? Six? Yes. My number six is Bone Tomahawk. There you go. <laughs> um, Britton, thank you very much for introducing us to this movie. Um, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, not, it's interesting, like, comparing this to Hereditary, because I don't think this is strictly a horror movie until yeah. you get to the last half hour. Right. And then it becomes a horror movie. Um Everyone's great in it. Kurt Russell is absolutely delightful. Richard Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick Wilson. Uh, 
I love just seeing him all the time in things. Put him in more. I want more. <laughs> more. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a, a wonderful minimalist Western that turns into a horror film nightmare. And everyone should go watch it. Uh, unless you have a weak stomach, in which case stay far away. Uh, so yeah. Um, then next up for my number five is the Godfather. Um, I think this is the best of that trilogy. Um, I know that can be seen as fighting words because everyone seems to love part two. Um, I love half of part two. Um, (laughs) I think this one works because it's just a very straightforward narrative and there's just a lot of moving pieces, but it's not like the through line is very simple and clear and you're able to follow it in terms of Michael Corleone rising up to take over his father's empire and becoming a monster in the process and losing his soul. Like it's a very, very clean character arc and it's just excellently done. And I just, I love just the attention to detail with, with all the little things and I'm, all the little elements and and i particularly love just having the the opening being this massive italian wedding so we can have both the cultural elements of of what you would see at at a wedding of that size at that time period but it also gives you a very very easy way to meet all of our main characters Mm -hmm. and have them all interact with marlon brando um so yeah i think it's just expertly done um and you know i i like I said, I do like parts of Godfather 2, and I am kind of a defender of Godfather Meh. 3. Kind of. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I definitely think this is the best, and it works on its own. You don't need the sequels, which is, you know, that 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 also helps quite a bit. So that's my number five. Um, my number four is going to be The Terminator. Um, this is personally my favorite. Um, but Britain, to your point, it's kind of just like, it's your preference. Yeah. Um, the reason I take this one is mostly because I really like the intimate relationship that develops between Sarah Connor and and Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese may be one of my favorite (laughs) characters in a movie. Um, and I, I just absolutely love Michael Bean's performance in it. And I I don't know. There's just a, a, a very... It is it is very weird, like, obviously the time travel premise, but also, like, he's got her picture and stuff. Like, it's it's just a very weird movie, but I, I, I think it all works. And also, as a pure time travel movie, I think it's the only one of the Terminator movies that makes sense to me, in that it's a paradox. And I like the idea that going back in time inadvertently creates the future. And all the other movies are like, no, we can change that. Or maybe we can't. Oh yeah, we can't, uh, but, 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 um, yeah, I, I think this is kind of the, the simplest and the cleanest. And I think sometimes James Cameron can get very self-indulgent with his movies. Um, and this one, because of the minimalist nature of the budget and everything, I think that's why it works, uh, the best for me. Um, so yeah, that's my number four. So my number six is the dark Knight. Uh, Batman's the dark Knight. He's at it again. And, <laughs> Uh, he returned <laughs> Batman doing it up one more time. I, <laughs> I, th- I saw that when I remember seeing this in theaters and it was, there was all this hype and it was this, the, you know, biggest thing in the world. And then I saw it and was like, Oh, I don't know if it can live up to that. And it did. And it continues to, I, 
don't watch Dark Knight very often because I don't want it to lose its impact. But every single time I watch it, there's always that little part of me in the back of my head like, okay, but like, is it there? like I don't know. Like, is it is it just getting overhyped at this point? Is it, what do we think? And then every time I watch it, I'm like, no, it's just really this good. It just, it just really knows what it's doing. It's such a, a masterwork of action and and optimism in a bleak world and he's ledger of course there's everything right there but aaron eckert is really great in it gary oldman is wonderful in it uh christian bale of course is great i love the dark knight that whole bank sequence alone is so scary and tense that like you're all like already it's it's a great thing my number five is also bone tomahawk i'm also saying bone tomahawk and i'm putting it at number five i think i said this before it's probably one of my favorite movies um, it's gonna be a long time to watch it, and I'm so glad that I finally did. Richard Jenkins, who's one of my favorite actors, gives probably my favorite of his performances. And as you said, Kurt Russell, uh, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, like, uh, uh, oh, and the woman who plays um, Patrick Wilson's wife is really, really good. It's just such a great movie with great music. It looks gorgeous. The song at the end is so good. And there's so many just beautiful lines of dialogue. It's this beautiful character-driven Western about people dealing with each other with this gorgeous dialogue. And then it's it's just, just scary and harsh and, you know, bleak and violent and still really good. I, and I, I hesitate to say cool, but <laughs> some of it is. <laughs> Kurt Russell is cool. I can say that. Right. Kurt Russell says, what are you doing in my breakfast? Like, that is the definition of cool. Kurt Russell, I'm so glad that I've come to appreciate Kurt Russell and all he brings us because he is such a wonderful gift to movies and I love him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love Bone Tomahawk. My number four is Toy Story 3. And I really went back Mm. and forth on Toy Story 3 or Toy Story. Really, it's both of them. But it's Toy Story 3 is my stand in for the Toy Story trilogy. Uh, not four. I think Toy Story three is sure. incredibly I'll leave now <laughs> is incredibly moving and emotional. Toy Story one is probably tighter in a way; it's a little shorter. But Toy Story three just completely destroys me every time I watch it in the best way. I was of that lucky generation D- who got to grow up with Andy and be around that age for each movie, so of course it has that meaning to me. Um, and we just lost Ned Beatty not too, too long ago, and he was so good as Lots of Hug and Bear. Um, I just find it, and Michael Keaton is Ken, and that's so good, and he's just <laughs> far out. Like, it's such a great time. And it moves me to tears, and it, it, that is a movie that really understood what this franchise was. It knew, unlike Godzilla 98, um, it knew, or excuse me, unlike Rise of Skywalker, it knew what this franchise was. It knew what it meant to people, and it knew how to both challenge that and reward it in a way that seemed to really understand, like, we no, we, we've been listening to you, we understand, and we know how to return it. We're not going to do it in the easiest way, but we are going to do it. And it doesn't feel like fan service, necessarily. It doesn't feel like pandering. It just feels like really good storytelling and a really good close to uh, a very important and special franchise. Tyler. So, I would just like to point out, each of us chose a different Toy Story movie. For this. That's oh, that is cool. Interesting. I don't know if that says anything about us, me, but me neither. it's out there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so, 
I'm I'm bringing in the the superhero boys. Um, my number six is Avengers Endgame. Oh wow. Um, it's big. It's messy. It's three hours long, and I love every minute of it. Um, I think not the definitely not the the happiest I've been. I I have been uh married and had a child uh in the time since Avengers Endgame came out, but I think like the most it's just like you know childhood wonder yeah. i have felt especially considering the last year yeah the entire world went through was was in that movie was the last time i felt kind of a sense of just like i am just in a theater everything else is is you know there are no worries in my life right. i am i am putting that all away i am completely enwrapped in this crazy comic book story that has somehow become the greatest or greatest the um highest grossing yeah movie of all time like i don't know how they did it i don't know how they got to a point where especially we we've talked about the mcu a lot we've talked about the fact that a lot of the early movies are are not great maybe not terrible but not great um and there's a lot of rough patches along the way and somehow they get to this point where they culminate everything in this movie that is just this joyous celebration of everything that came before it. I know a lot of people look very cynically at it. Obviously it did make a ton of money. Obviously Disney is a giant <laughs> mega corporation that makes a ton of money. I think the people who make who, or who made the movie really did care about the characters, about making this something that audiences would just like lose their minds over. And I think they succeeded very well. Uh, Cap wielding Mjolnir. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Uh, probably the greatest single uh scene for me in any movie just just on a pure like yes yeah no it's amazing <laughs> they did it um uh number five uh, following up on that is avengers infinity war i did go back and <laughs> forth um i thought about where i you know where i wanted to place it i think ultimately i would probably call endgame my favorite of of those my endgame is my favorite a lot of things but I can't deny that Infinity War, an another movie that I also love, is really, really tight, weirdly tight for a movie that long and that, like, just full of characters and stuff going on. Um, I'm fascinated by the way that the structure kind of plays out and how it manages to bounce around everybody really well. Um, also has some amazing moments, obviously, with uh, especially with Thor showing up in Wakanda, all that good stuff. Like, it does some really great things for Thor in particular um, that I quite enjoy. Uh... It just just elevates a lot of characters and uh i mean i guess the biggest thing obviously is that it creates thanos as a yeah. character when before he was like a suggestion <laughs> in the mcu um and now it like that movie makes thanos a character and again uh, talking about just my uh my giddiness at seeing comic book concepts and characters and and things that i never would have expected to see even like like i haven't even been in into comics that long relative to a lot of people who I'm sure were even more blown away um, that we got to this point. But like as someone who had been into comics, like, I don't know, uh, maybe eight, nine years before this point, before those movies came out and, and was like getting into comics around the time of the MCU coming out. There were so many things that I saw in there that I was like, oh, they're never going to get here. You know, they're still working on Iron Man's origin or whatever it might be. And yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a, a celebration uh, for comic book fans, at, I, I would argue. Um, and I'm very glad it happened. Um, 
and then last superhero movie on my list i will spoil is number four the dark knight uh echoing what you have both already said about it at, at various points um alex and i i think we talked about this at some point podcast recently um recently got the chance to see it in theaters mm. and uh i kind of like what you're saying britain i was like oh you know yeah it's a pretty good movie you know i'm excited i'll go watch it again i never got to see it in theaters and it's <laughs> it's yeah spectacular um it's the tightest two hour and 45 minute movie <laughs> that <laughs> i think is possible um everything kind of works together and pays off the character work is, is so good um while also being a movie that stays really true to comic book origins. There's there's so many things that that pulls from very famous Batman stories. And I think people really underrate it in that regard. I think people really put it down and be like, ah, well, you know, it's, it's a good movie, but it's not a good Batman movie. Or is they don't really... Two-Face loses half of his face. <laughs> That's not a thing that happens in a, a grounded story. I mean, it is a grounded story, but like, yeah, it yeah. is still over the top. It's still... It is just as just in in line tonally with some really really good Batman stories. Like I think it it matches up with those really well. Um, so yeah, I it, it's it's a incredible film and I like it a lot. <laughs> um, I'm gonna con- continue the uh, superhero train with uh, my number three, which is Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a, a personal favorite of mine. I, I had a, a very emotional experience seeing this one in the theater, just kind of paying off and kind of capping the, the X-Men movies in uh, a very eloquent way. Um, it's an interesting exploration about the cost of, of violence over many, many decades. And I, I just love the way that, that, it acts as both a send-off for not not just Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but also Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Um, it's beautiful. It's tragic. It's horrifying. It's it's exhilarating. Like it it works on so many different levels. Um, it's not just a good superhero movie. It's it's just a good movie. Um, it's a good western. Um, and uh, Daphne Keene yeah. uh, as X twenty three is awesome. Incredible. Yeah. Um, Love her. And that that final shot i i never get out of my head absolutely um, yeah that that's my favorite superhero movie i think it is the best of of anything that's ever come out of that genre um i don't know if it'll be topped um dark phoenix came close but you know <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was fine watching the movie i loved it and watching the movie i was fine and then the final shot happened and i was in tears <laughs> it was like an immediate yeah, sure. switch i was like oh okay never mind i'm done I, I I teared up a, a couple times in the theater sure. um, when Professor X gets taken out, and particularly there's you know there, there's the setup of uh, Logan's trying to get them a, a boat so they can just go out to the ocean and and uh, they can both kind of die at sea, um, and Patrick Stewart like he's dying because because uh, fake Wolverine has stabbed him and, and real Wolverine is carrying him out and they're on the tr- you know they're trying to lay down in the truck and he's like, Oh, we made it to the boat. And I was just like melting. My <laughs> face was just melting. <laughs> um, and it's just, it, it's so, so well done. And I wish more comic book movies would, would take chances like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love it. Um, basically 
all my my top three are just they're they're constantly rotating for me. Sure. Um, I'm not gonna say I was making changes in the middle of the podcast, but um, <laughs> uh, my number two is going to be Lord of the Rings. Um, I am counting it all together. That being said, technically I did give two towers an A minus. I do have some problems with that movie, but I think Fellowship in the of the Ring and Return of the King are so good. It all the average gets raised. Sure. It's all it's sure. all wonderful. Um, it really really works together as just one really really long movie, um, and just both the theatrical cuts and the extended editions. Like it's all it's all wonderful, and you know just everything like such attention to detail from the sets to the costume design to the casting to the score everything is is just firing on all cylinders and it's it's absolutely wonderful and i think it is the greatest cinematic achievement ever i uh i mentioned keeping mine separate and the reason i feel that way is because like i don't know how i could not make it number one if we're talking about having uh, Battle of Pelnor Field, uh, you know, kind of the last stand of the Black Gate, all that stuff with Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. with <laughs> um, everything in um, Moria, like Aragorn having to leave Frodo and then facing a whole army of orcs yeah. behind <laughs> like, him. Yeah, so every movie has so many incredible moments. Yeah, um, and they all work together so well. Yeah, and. I think the the moment that sticks out the most for me is is the end of Fellowship of the Ring, and that's I think that's probably my favorite of the three, and just that ending where Merry and Pippin are kidnapped, and and kind of that tragic moment of feeling like all hope is lost, and then Aragorn going, "No, we're gonna do something about this," and they're like, "We're gonna go chase them," and and the music swells, and uh, Frodo and Sam are, are on top of the mountains looking at kind of how far they still have to travel. And they're like, well, we're still together. Um, yeah. And then they start making their way down the mountain and it's beautiful. I don't care what problems I had with two towers. They're perfect. They're all perfect. Sure. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, my number one is going to be Rocky. Oh, yeah. I was not <laughs> expecting that. I thought it was going to say Dark Knight Rises. No, no. Well, Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> I gave a B minus. I thought it was your favorite movie. Kind of. <laughs> interesting. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just trying. Go and talk about Rocky. No, no, no. It's okay. Actually, Dark Knight Rises, yeah, that, that is interesting because for the longest time that was my favorite movie. But I think just in terms of kind of like the way we're looking at this in terms of like here I think are the best movies we've done. I see. Not yep. not necessarily here are my favorite movies. Gotcha. Because um, I'm sure I would have, oh, I don't know, New Mutants somewhere on mm-hmm. the list if that were the case. Um, but no, Rocky, I think... It's a flawed movie, but it has a lot of heart. It has, it has all the heart. It has so much heart, it's stealing it from other movies. (laughs) Um, it's performing the Temple of Doom trick on, uh, Dark Phoenix. Yes, correct. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Rocky, I think, is absolutely wonderful. That's, that's a movie where I definitely tear up at the end every single time with Adrian trying to get to Rocky in the middle of the ring, surrounded by people, and... The, the music's perfect, I... Everyone is cast perfectly. I, I absolutely love Sylvester Stallone in it, and it, it spawned a very wonderful franchise that has surprisingly few weak points, given <laughs> how 
long it has spanned and how egotistical uh, some of the movies feel in the middle of the 80s particularly um but they're it's the best franchise <laughs> it, it kind of that? is what huh um but yeah i i that first rocky like always hits me and i think that is just i know i i, I do think of all these movies as perfect films but that is a perfect film to me um so yeah that that is my number one i i absolutely adore rocky uh so my number three is spider-verse um there you go you you get to a point with this list where you can you know what which way is the wind blow and you can rotate them all over the place i i I think spider-verse is tyler as you alluded this is the new bitch mark for animation i i really believe that um yeah it's it's everything the shot of him diving into the buildings the part is even at the beginning when he's walking to school and one of his friends says, Hey, what's up miles? And he goes, Oh, I'm just walking by is so, I love that. That's so cool. I think it's such a cool thing to say. <laughs> like literally I remember seeing the movie and being like, I'm going to start saying that <laughs> when people ask me what I'm doing, even if I'm standing still, but uh, I just find it like a broken NPC in a video game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I just, I, I find it every time I've watched it, I find it so, moving and just like i can't find a weakness it just they knew exactly what to do and then they did it well um my number two and one it's all interchangeable um my number two is muppet christmas carol this is how was i not going to put muppets on here how was i not going to put a christmas movie on here how was i not going to put a musical on here i I said it on our episode (laughs) it's my favorite muppet movie it's my favorite christmas movie it's one of my favorite movies it's my favorite version of a christmas carol It is so, I think it is completely just like perfect. I love every song. I love Michael Caine so much in it. It's just for, for being a Muppet movie that doesn't have Jim Henson, it manages to be so full of Muppet spirit and Christmas spirit. It is one of the most important movies in my life. And I just love it so much. And one of my favorite moments doing this podcast has been when we recorded it and all three of us said a plus a plus a plus just to have that moment of like sharing this movie with my friends <laughs> and having that just like work out so beautifully where we all were like no we all love this was such a really special thing for me um echoing specialness my number one is lord of the rings it's become my go-to safety for like my favorite movie is lord of the rings and the it and Narnia were both kind of gateway movies for me when I was a teenager. Like I was all theater. I mean, I watched movies, but like I was just theater was the only thing for me in high school until I really started embracing like Narnia and going back and re-embracing Lord of the Rings and going, I just was so in love with it and it was so huge and it was so accessible and I'm still finding Narnia. I've cooled on a bit, but I'm still finding things in Lord of the Rings that are, impressive and powerful it's not just nostalgia original or extended cut whatever i don't know why people get so <laughs> emotional about it but I, yeah i mean I, I i don't know i don't know what to say about the movies that hasn't been said but i will say for me there are a lot of times when i'm watching movies that i think if i'm not really enjoying something that i think i should be i realize oh i'm just i'm, I'm wishing this movie were like this other movie of its sort, you know, oh, this movie, I kind of wish it was more like Annihilation or more like Muppets or whatever. So I am always chasing the feeling that Lord of the Rings gives me. I'm always wanting that 
pay like an epic to pay off that personally and intimately and that that we have this movie and people have talked about this where like the men are so sensitive in it and they're so affectionate mm-hmm. to each other that's so special and i can't carry it for you but i can carry you like that's what do you even <laughs> want to say it i yeah it is i think we still have so much we can learn from it about marrying digital and practical effects and it's something that just can't really be be topped despite how the new line may have tried um or whoever was doing <laughs> hobbit warner brothers i guess um i yeah i i think that's the thing that i'm chasing and it doesn't matter that i if i never find it because i already found it was lord of the rings and also it is about the journey and that's the whole point of those movies and and that in an epic like that you have all of these actors giving such beautiful tender work is is rare and special and i think it is gorgeous you know whether i i, I would i would say they're perfect but i would ultimately just say that they're beautiful and that i love them very much Um, my number three is Rocky. Uh, it is, uh, really, it really is that good. And I think it it really is that underrated. Um, the franchise really is the best franchise. I like to joke about or say that like a joke. Sometimes It, it genuinely, I think in terms of consistency, um, if you're looking at every film, cause obviously Lord of the Rings got the Hobbit films, as we just talked about. Yeah. Um, then I I, di- I don't think it's matched, uh, and I think all the almost all the movies really have something to offer. There's like one movie that I don't particularly like, and we're not going to talk about that because <laughs> I like you know we're we're being positive here. Um, Rocky is great. It, it is such a beautiful little like slice of life into this character who is clearly very uh, dear to Sylvester Stallone, and like that he is kind of created for himself to be someone who just, I don't know. He, he lives in the character so much and brings such charm to seeing this person who just is, is kind of a nobody. And then, you know, in the film, in the course of the film becomes someone who is able to, to rise to this occasion. I mean, it really is like the ultimate kind of underdog film. Um, it does so many things so well. It's, it's a brilliant movie. Uh, it is probably better than you remember or think of if, if you think of Rocky and you think of Rocky four or whatever, um, that's, you know, great in its own right. We'll say, but hey, we'll, uh, we'll see Stallone's working on his uh, director's cut of Rocky four. That's true. We'll see. Um, yeah, but it, it, like, if that's what you're thinking of when you think of Rocky, then that's one thing. And it's a lot of fun, but seriously, go back and watch the original um it's a classic it's it's a really great heartwarming film um that will will hit you emotionally um as strongly as anything um my number two uh which i kind of bounced around I'll, I'll talk about my number one and 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 how it got over this film in a second uh, my number two is the godfather uh again this is a movie that most people do not underrate. Uh, people say it is the best, and it's the best. It's very, very, very good. Um, just, just this giant, sprawling epic of a, a family kind of both falling apart and trying to be pulled back together um, through through their uh, their web of crime. Uh, 
obviously is hugely inspirational for so many uh future films stories uh we talk about the dark knight and i mentioned how that's really inspired by a lot of great batman stories including the long halloween which is a story that opens with an italian wedding (laughs) (laughs) and was written in i believe the the 90s actually so yeah obviously an homage there um and a lot of that story has homages to godfather uh yeah godfather has incredible performances incredible writing um incredible directing incredible everything uh uh really intense uh i mean i keep saying epic i feel like to describe some of these i wouldn't so much call the the ending as epic as much as like it's like a very strong ending i don't know it's it's just striking um and again is something that has been aped or kind of borrowed from or pulled from into a million other things. Um, it's a huge kind of cultural touchstone and uh, it really is as good as you've heard. And uh, I would agree with Alex that Godfather two is a little more of a mixed bag, even though it, it does have some also very high heights. Um, I think Godfather is the one to go for. If you're, if you're ever curious and, and are like, you know, is, is that really worth my time to try and get into the first movie is totally worth your time. Go watch it now yep. if you haven't. Um, the number one movie, which uh, I, I ultimately, I just, I had to go with uh, my heart here because I think I tried to keep it down for a bit because I was like, well, no, Godfather. Like, people people love the God. I can't put things about the Godfather. I'm going to do it. It's a movie that I adore. It's Back to the Future. Oh, um, there it is. Yep. I, yep. uh, the movie is woven into my identity at this point, I think. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I really do think it's a perfect film. Like it's, I mean, obviously the time travel is wacky and, and doesn't always make sense, but I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> obviously I also have Endgame on this list, um, which probably does time travel a little better than Back to the Future, but I don't care. Um, Back to the Future is uh, just such a brilliant, fun movie that has so many little kind of internal so much internal clockwork that you don't realize until you watch the full thing and then see all the payoffs. Um, the way everything kind of lines up, there's so many details. Some of them are just little background details. Some of them are really obvious that that all come together to make a incredibly fun, I think very emotional, um, just all around wonderful movie. Um, that to me is uh, everything I could really want in a movie. I, ju- I just want, I think kind of Britain to your point about, I wish every movie was Lord of the Rings. Um, I think for me, I wish every movie was Back to the Future. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, uh, I will take as well. But right. um, Back to the Future is, it's just like, I don't know. It's such a funny, brilliant, um, and just generally like, I've said heartwarming about Rocky. Same thing here. It's it's heartwarming. Like, it may, you know, it, it really... Uh, by the end of it, I just feel energized and happy. <laughs> and that's, that's the most you can want from a movie, I think. So. For sure. I'll end it there. Well, guys, we did it. 250 <laughs> movies. So, <laughs> I don't know if we had much overlap on that one. Aside from, was End of the Spider-Verse the only one that uh, uh, maybe. landed on all of us? That's Lord interesting. Of the, I mean, Lord the of version the of Lord of the Rings. Right. We all right. had, oh, Dark, no, not Dark Knight. Because that was an honorable for Alex. Tyler, you didn't have Bone Tomahawk on yours, right? 
Correct. Bone, I did not give Bone Tomahawk an A+. I don't remember exactly what I gave it. We all or had Muppet Christmas I mean, Carol? I, we all had a Toy had Story that. movie. Yes. A Toy Story movie Chris. and Spider-Verse and Logan? It was in my honorable mention. Chris, Christmas okay. Carol and Logan both for me were ones that I just couldn't get in there. Yeah. yeah. And we all had like an Ari Aster movie. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> or two. Fascinating. Yeah, we well, did it. I do find it interesting that that you guys, each of you, were like, "Oh, well, I, I you know, when I, I hope every movie is like this." And not for me, I'm every just like, movie. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't know if I go looking for an experience like Rocky because I kind of have Rocky. Sure, sure. Maybe I'm just like I want every movie to be Bone Tama. <laughs> well, I don't literally want to repeat the experience, but like it hit, hit me in such a specific way that I'm like I want. Yeah, have to have the same emotional response. Yeah. Right. It's like I don't I don't turn on Legally Blonde and going I really hoped she reforges Narseal into Underreal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do actually. But... <laughs> what? Like... I'm, I'm very bad at watching movies. Actually, sure. you reforged on Narseal into Underreal. What? Like it's hard. <laughs> She wins the case, and she just turns over, and Gimli's there just going, that still only counts as one. (laughs) (laughs) And then she, like, beheads Victor Garber for being so creepy. Sure. Sure. I haven't seen that movie. I, all of it, I mean. I think you're, I think you're on track. I think it's probably close. Um, Yeah, we did it. And (laughs) our next episode is Shrek 2. Yeah, which will also actually- so we did this in episode two early because you know yeah. Trek two is going to make it on all. Oh episodes. yeah, this is that's right. true. Goodness. Um. Well, what can I say, guys? Just like being in love, it was an accident. I <laughs> for the movie, <laughs> and it's also going to mark uh, a very special event. It's the first in-person record. The movie buddies yeah. we're back together. Going to be in in a room together recording a podcast. Talking to be Shrek. live in the Crocodile Sub Studio that mm-hmm. I've got set up. Yep, right down there. You know I'm getting my big old big daddy diving helmet. We're getting down there, seeing all the anglerfish. Is that is that a Bioshock yes. reference or is that just a thing? You're okay. No, it's Bioshock. I yeah. feel like we should clarify <laughs> where that's, <laughs> that's going. That's true. From. <laughs> yeah, like the fireworks company, or sure. um. Sure. I don't know. There's probably a character in the fiction called Big Daddy. Well, guys, we did it. 250 episodes. Any regrets? <laughs> Many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It occurred to me during the episode, I was like, what if we just listed our favorite franchises? And then I went, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't even know what that looks like. There's Rocky and there's everything else. I guess I should watch more than the first Rocky because it's the only one I've seen. Are there any movies that we wish we could have put on either list that just didn't make the cut? I mean, either either probably. because we were considering them or they weren't actually like they didn't fall within the range. Like yeah. while you guys were looking through all the movies we've done. I mean, my my five honorable mentions and then like maybe Toy Story 1 or the Muppet movie, you know, stuff like that. Um I would really like I need to rewatch Aliens cuz I haven't seen it since I saw it with y'all. So I, yeah. and I would, and I love alien. So I would like to rewatch that one. Um, I don't know if there are any others that I like was really yeah, the, trying to figure out about. 
there are certain movies that I, I have given like an A minus or a B plus to that I'm like, okay, that's that is one of my favorite movies. Like Casino yeah. Royale. That's one of my sure. favorite movies. And I, I think like, Oh, Skyfall, yeah. I like Skyfall yeah. a lot. Or like I think I kind of wanted to have a Star Wars because it feels weird to like drag Rise of Skywalker so much, but then not have any Star Wars movies on my best list. Right. Does it? But then I'm like, I don't know what it would have been. Sure. If I come out with being like the best Star Wars movie, Rogue One. <laughs> I mean, I'm not on Twitter, so I'm safe. I mean, I don't think I don't think you'd get all that much hate for that. I genuinely do not know anymore. <laughs> I don't know what people think about Star Wars. Guys, tweet um, your Star Wars opinions at Alex. <laughs> yeah. Who does not have a Twitter? That we know of. He has a he has a Twitter, which is a fake Twitter where his uh, his dad can't see all his like nasty pics. Um, yeah, my my nasty pics. Every time I get a new Blu-ray, I take a picture. Yeah, and then you nasty, and then you vape on it. <laughs> but you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> through the spindle, do a little kickflip with your finger skateboard. Yeah, <laughs> real raunchy stuff. Um, <laughs> what is happening? Real like Steve-O, Johnny Knoxville business. Right, right. Uh, I don't know that I. I mean. I had a lot of options to work with <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that I, I probably do need to rewatch Logan. Um, I think it's been a while for me on that. Um, so that's probably one I should I should make a note of. But me, I need that to try the maybe the black and white edition of Logan. Sure. I need to see how yeah, that works. This kind of just made me want to rewatch um, Rocky and Godfather and Back to the Future. I, I would like, because I don't think I've ever actually watched the Back to the Future trilogy like in one sitting. I think that mm-hmm. could be actually quite a bit of fun. Yeah. It's, I think it's a fun uh, trilogy that uh, has its flaws. The, the first one is definitely the best, but uh, yeah. all, all around it, it, it loops together well. It's not the best franchise, though, which, if I haven't made it clear, it is Rocky going on record <laughs> i think if, if we're taking all the averages into account it is back to the future i don't think so let's do the math live <laughs> are you sure because we rated rocky f- five very low oh i think for me it would probably still be rocky but it's probably the know. three colors trilogy <laughs> It might be the three colors, which trilogy. is currently our. Don't spoil what we're doing next. <laughs> it's, our, it's our white whale, <laughs> our red whale, and our blue whale. <laughs> that's yeah, that's very good. Um, there there were a couple of MCU movies that I kind of wished I I could kind of consider in, in kind of my top tier, like particularly Ant-Man? Civil War and, and Infinity War were were the two I was kind of circling around. Sure. Um. Because I do think, particularly Infinity War, is one of the best superhero movies. I have watched the clip of Thor arriving in Wakanda more than I have watched that movie. I'll just find that clip on YouTube (laughs) and just, like, watch it over and over. Bring me that clip, I say. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Even even the act of saying, bring me the clip, conjures together the Avengers theme. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Um... Yeah, I and I I don't know. So I was looking back through my through my list, and I have plenty of movies that I liked. Like I obviously really like Pitch Perfect, but it's not. It doesn't hit the heights of any of these that I that I did select. Yeah, I do feel kind of bad because 
I, I know I only gave this movie a D, but I really didn't like it. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I get it, though. I have. De- I, I was the kind of the defender of that one when we recorded, but now I've definitely cooled on it. I still got the entertainment that I got from it. But yeah. any scene where a superhero saves her friend from being sexually assaulted and then goes, huh, you'd better go home and then leaves. <laughs> that is a ridiculous moment. And then yeah. goes to sexually assault a man that is, has no free will because he's been possessed. It's fine. But there's that, but then there's that scene where she and they cut to her and Kristen Wiig and she goes, you're so funny. I haven't laughed like this in a long time. No evidence. <laughs> uh, I like Kristen Wiig and I like Pedro Pascal. No evidence. It's all hearsay. <laughs> Eyewitness testimony claims lonely arch- architecture lady or artifact lady to be funny. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I um, <laughs> Kong is it was fun. Skull Island is pretty good. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera. We watched that movie. Yeah. Isn't we watching Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> I I do find it interesting how close Hunger Games Catching Fire came for me to to. Oh wow. Hitting the cut because I mean it was an A. Sure. So probably if I did. If I had like honorable mentions and I made like a top ten list of honorable mentions, it might have hit that. <laughs> yeah, don't get any, cra- don't get any crazy ideas and or giveaway options we could use for the I don't know like five hundredth episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these are the movies from the first two fifty that were A minus or B plus in that range. I I would love if we got to episode 500, we did the same list over again, and we all picked the exact same movies. <laughs> it, do- it literally does not get better from here. <laughs> oh, jeez. But it doesn't get worse either. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the, podca- the movies, but the podcast will increase in quality if the, if the movies have plateaued from here. Look, the, the we'll be surviving on mediocrity for years, gentlemen. <laughs> That's not true at all, though, because uh, No Time to Die is going to definitely come out uh, later this mm-hmm. year, and uh, you're going to love it. Yeah, Tyler, why are, you hurting, why are you hurting me like this? Why are you setting me up for failure? Yeah, you like can this. find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at sequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, or whatever iTunes is called now. Uh, all, all sorts out there. Remember, a reminder from the first part of the episode, uh, email us your Shrek memes. Yeah. Tweet us your Shrek memes, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Which, whichever, whichever is easier. And send all of your Star Wars opinions at my non-existent Twitter. Yes. At Shadow of Roar. <laughs> I've been Alex. I've been Tyler. I've been Britain. Happy 250th, everybody. We'll see you next time. And until then, you're having a good night. Word.